We're celebrating the Feast of the Holy Name. You may have heard me say this before, but the Feast of the Holy Name um, is on January 1st. And it's been a while since it fell on a Sunday. But on this day is when we remember that moment when eight days after Jesus' birth that Mary and Joseph took him to the temple where he was um, named the name that the angel Gabriel gave him, which is Jesus, um, which means the Lord saves. So what we're doing this morning is a little different than what we normally do. We call it, we're calling it Lessons and Carols because it's um, there's no sermon, but what we're doing is we're taking the theme of naming, which is a really powerful theme in scripture, which is about belonging and identity and the, who God is and who God calls us to be as children of God. And so we're just going to be reading scriptures from Genesis into the New Testament about the theme of names um, and share a few stories in between. Um, and so I will invite you now to stand. Yes. And let's open with our hymn this morning. Come, let us adore him.
you, and also with you, let us pray. Eternal Father, you gave to your incarnate Son the holy name of Jesus to be our sign of our salvation. Plant in every heart, we pray, the love of him who is the Savior of the world, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from Genesis 2. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground, the Lord of Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. Therefore, a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. A reading from Genesis 32. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask me my name? And there he blessed him. So, um, <clears throat> 
Christine and I were talking about this service and that it's all about naming. Christine asked me, do you have maybe a story that you can share about uh, the significance of naming that has to do with that? And I said, yeah, actually I do, because so my name is Marion, M-A-R-I-O-N. I grew up in Germany. And at the time, <clears throat> growing up, um, the only Marians I knew were 90 years and older. Um, it was a fairly uncommon name. And when I learned the meaning of my name, I really struggled with it because I looked it up. And what it said was the meaning is bitterness, rebellion. <laughs> and I thought, oh no, I don't want that. Why is that the meaning of my name? And I struggled with that for a while. And then I actually was in a time of prayer. And in my heart, I felt Jesus speaking to me and saying, Marion, I chose your name. And the reason for it is I named you after Mary. Because just like in, this, in the uh, narrative in scripture of Mary and Martha, I, I'm calling you to sit by my feet and to just learn from me. and be in this place of intimacy with me. And that completely changed my view of my name, where now I'm like, I'm happy to be a Marian, even though nobody in this country knows how to spell it when I go to Starbucks. <clears throat> but um, that's my little, little naming story. And now I have the privilege of teaching you a small ref refrain of a song that I only recently learned, uh, but it's so, so easy. Um, I'll teach it. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name
A reading from Exodus 3. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be a sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. Let's read this passage from the prophet Isaiah responsibly. So I'll begin, and you can join me in the bolded verses. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. It springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me. 
the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I'm formed for myself, so that they might declare my praise. So when I was um, thinking about stories that have to do with names, um, this story, um, this memory popped into my mind. So years ago, um, Corey and Marianne introduced me to this prayer practice called Name Blessings. And what you would do, and I talked about this a little bit last week when I was talking about what we were going to do this week, where you basically take the meaning of a person's name and then you prayerfully hold that person before God with the meaning of their name. And then whatever comes to mind, like images or scriptures or just anything that comes that from that springboard of the meaning of their name, you pray that as a blessing over them. And it's really powerful. Like I've had that prayed over me before, and I've now had experience praying for others. Um, so it's powerful both to give it as well as to receive it. So at my old church this one Sunday at the five o'clock service, I felt this like impulse, just like kind of on a whim to, to do this name blessing during the service. And at the five o'clock service, there's a lot of folks who are homeless and struggle with mental illness and addictions. And it just felt, I felt like I wanted to just kind of, kind of call one person out at least and to give them this name blessing during service. So before the service, I prayed and I asked God to like highlight somebody for me because I, I wasn't quite sure how I was going to pick that person. And uh, so I prayed. And um, years ago, there had been this, this older man named Mark who came to the service and he had had liver cancer and like a whole host of other problems. And the last time I'd seen him, I remember he really, really like did not look well. And then eventually I heard that he had died. And what happens in the homeless community is because, you know, people don't have addresses, you know, they may or may not have a phone. It's like you hear that somebody died, but then you can't follow up, you don't know who to contact. So we're sort of, um, you know, we, we kind of mourned him and, and then sort of that was, that was that. So on this particular night, I like walked into the service before the sanctuary. And there was Mark, <laughs> like, and um, I was like, Mark, you're alive. <laughs> we heard that you died. And he said, well, I almost did die, but then I miraculously recovered. And he said, today's my birthday. And so I decided to come to church. So in that moment, I was like, here's my guy. Like, here's the person we're going we're gonna to pray this name blessing for. So um, we, you know, we go into service, and um, as service is starting, I'm like, on my phone, I Google Mark's name. And guess what it, mean, what it means? The god of war. <laughs> and to be warlike. And usually, like, at that point when I'd done these name blessings, like, there was something to work with, you know, like, I don't know, just something, um, even if it was, like, the name of a flower. But, like, to be warlike, so I'm like, oh, man, like, I don't quite know how we're going to pray for him. But we're just going to go with it and see what, see what happens. So at, that, so at that point in the service, I called Mark up to the front, and I shared his story, like, we thought Mark had died, and he came walking into the sanctuary, and today is, his, today is his birthday. He miraculously recovered. So we just started praying for him. And initially, I was just going to pray for him myself, but then what ended up happening is just sort of spontaneously, people started like praying for him, like just from where, wherever they were sitting. So they start saying things like, God, Mark is a powerful warrior. He fought death and won, just like you did. 
You have called him to be someone who fights the forces of death in our world and bring forth life. Mark is your beloved son, and we bless him today on his birthday. And you know, at the end, it was just like this, like waterfall of like blessing for Mark. And by the end, like you know, he had tears streaming down his face. You know, if you saw him on the street, he would just looks like this old man, you know, kind of slumped over. But I felt like when he, by the time that that blessing was done, he was just standing so much taller. And you know, it and it just struck me. It's like you see people and you kind of judge them on the basis of their appearance but the way that like God sees them is like so different. And to think like, well, God sees Mark as this powerful warrior um, who's loved, you know, loved by, loved by him, the beloved son. And so it made me think about like the way that the world often names us, you know, in these really like dehumanizing ways. So, and that we just pick up so names like, you know, unloved, or like insignificant or like washed up, you know, like people might think that when they saw this man, Mark, you know, like ugly or like a failure, you know, canceled. And what I love about this passage in, in Isaiah is that really it says there's only one person who can name you and that is God. And where he says, you know, I've redeemed you, I've called you by name, you are mine. And so, you know, when we can really embrace that truth and that identity of who we are in God, you know, we're saying, like, we refuse to be named by the world. And I think about the ways in which, like, you know, I have felt like I've been named by the world. So um, I've often felt the name, like, invisible. You know, like, my presence doesn't really matter in the world. Um, but my name, Christine, um, it means um, follower of Christ. It means anointed, like, and if you take it even further, it means anointed, like that's what Christ means. And to think, okay, like I'm not invisible, like God has anointed me, like God's given me God's purpose, you know, for my life um, to be a representative of who Jesus is. And so, you know, when we're able to grasp that for ourselves, I feel like, and really, like, really embrace that for ourselves, and that is what gives us grace to be able to see other people and not just judge them by, you know, whatever we see on their outward appearance, but really see, like, the true identity of who they are and be able to bless them in that. And so, you know, if we're talking about names in this, um, in this service, I didn't want the service to go by without us just even having a moment of reflection to ask ourselves, you know, on this first day of the year, like, what are, what is the name that I've been carrying around with me? You know, what are the ways in which I've felt like I've been named? And really, like, what is the name that God is, is given me? You know, like, what is the identity that God's given me as I kind of head into this new year? And how can I really live into that identity more fully? So maybe let's just bow our heads for a moment. And, um, and just ask the Lord to speak to us. You know, ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit for light and illumination. And what is that name that maybe was given to you or that you've been holding on to? That, that name that's not true, you know, whether it was invisible or unworthy or not good enough, not wanted.
And we just ask Jesus to um, just break the lie of whatever that, that name is and just decisively break the lie that we believe that that is our name. I just invite the Lord to call us by our real name, our true name, and the name that, that God gave us that says that we are loved and wanted, that we have purpose, that we're not invisible, that our worth is not dependent on what we can produce or what we've achieved, but just simply being a beloved child of God. And God, we just acknowledge that um, that we are named, that true name that you've given us because of your name, Jesus. That your name is that the Lord saves, the Lord makes whole, the Lord heals. And we just claim that healing, God, today on this New Year's Day. We claim that wholeness for ourselves. And just invite you and welcome that work of your spirit Jesus, to, to bring about that salvation and that healing and that wholeness in us in the months ahead. Let's just sing together that refrain, His name is Jesus, just one more time, and really let the words of, of who Jesus is just sink into our hearts. His name is Jesus, His name is Jesus, light of the world, there's freedom in His name, awesome and reading from the Gospel of Luke. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit 
that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Lord, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. there is any comfort in Christ, any consolation from love, any partnership in the Spirit, any tender affection and sympathy, make my joy complete, be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or empty conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. And let's, um, let's say the rest of this passage together in unison. 
Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, assuming human likeness, and being found in appearance as a human. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him even more highly and gave him the name that is above every other name, so that at the name to Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue can confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Who come, let us adore him. with you and also with you please feel free to pass the peace to each other you can you don't feel comfortable shaking hands you can just wave peace to all y'all in the back peace to anyone online peace be with you peace peace be with you all right you can have a seat well happy new year's everyone <laughs> We're off to a good start. <laughs> yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. Um, it's great. I was saying at the very beginning of service that we were fully expecting like five people to be here. And so it's really awesome to have you all here. Um, I want to give a shout out to Gregory and Jenna and Acadia Canero, who are returned to us from California. It's so great to see you guys. Very good to see you guys. How are you? How are you doing? Yeah? All right. All right. For anyone online who couldn't hear that, Gregory said they're doing well and they're psyched to be here. <laughs> so um, after, right after the service, what we're going to do is we're going to like do a little makeshift um, change of the space and um, have coffee hour actually in here. I think um, we could use a couple of hands of bringing the coffee over from the kitchen um, through the back. So we're going to turn the Eucharist table into um, our coffee hour table. 
And, um, and then two, so I mentioned these name blessings. Um, if you would like to receive a name blessing, um, me and Corey and Marion will be just right over here in the side chapel. Um, but we'd have, be happy to look up the, the meaning of your name on our phones and um, just pray a prayer of blessing over you for the new year. So just come on over there during coffee hour and we'd be, we'd be happy to pray for you. Um, just, other, just a few other quick announcements. The next couple of weeks on the 15th, um, we are going to be having our annual meeting. So it's just the annual business meeting of the church. We're going to elect a few vet, new vestry members and we pass the budget. It's a time to kind of pray together and look ahead to the next year. So that'll be on the 15th right after the service. And then on the 22nd, Michael DeLashmit is going to be um, starting a four-week class called Being Christian. And it's basically all about just like the very basic basics of the Christian faith. And we're going to be um, basing it on this book by Rowan Williams, the former Archbishop of Canterbury. Um, it's a really wonderful short little book. Um, but if you, you know, you don't have to, you know, whatever stage you're at in your spiritual journey, whether you're seeking or whether you're a longtime Christian, um, it'll be a really good, a really great class. And then on April 30th, Bishop Glasspool, Mary Glasspool is going to be coming to um, worship with us. She's going to confirm people, receive people, baptize people if you've never been baptized before. And so that class is actually great preparation for when she does come for confirmation. So just come and talk to me about that when you're done. And so I'm realizing when we always get to this part of the doxology, so I gave the staff the day off um, to be with their families. And whenever we get to the doxology and Leisha's not here, it always throws me off because I'm like, oh, wait, how does it go? So you all have done, I know Melissa's a pro at this by now. So let's just um, stand together. And I think I remember how it goes. All right. I'll just go through it really quickly, if you don't know. So it's um, praise. God from whom all blessings flow. Let's praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above the heavenly host. Praise Father. Son and Holy Ghost. Amen. I remembered it. All right. <laughs> Ready? So, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures. standing and um, now that I didn't, don't have any staff with me I just realized there's some things that need to happen before we get to the Eucharist so hi if I could ask you to help me bring the table now
We usually have the offertory <laughs> and where we're singing during this part and preparing the table. Just bring this a little closer. All right. On the night before Jesus died for us, Jesus was at table with his friends. He took bread, gave thanks to you, broke it and gave it to them and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, Jesus took the cup of wine and again, he gave thanks to you and gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. And now as our savior Christ has taught us, we now pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the peace. Alleluia. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. The way we'll um, receive communion today is normally we have ushers, but since we're so close together, um, you can sing along with Marian as she leads us in amazing grace. And just whenever you feel ready, uh, you can come forward and receive the Eucharist.
stand together for this final prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for restoring us in your image and nourishing us with spiritual food in the sacrament of Christ's body and blood. Now send us forth a people forgiven, healed, renewed, that we might proclaim your love to the world and continue in the risen life of Christ our Savior. Amen. May Christ, who by his incarnation gathered into one things earthly and heavenly, fill you with his joy and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia.